You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome in, everyone. Scoop is back with our lovely Thursday update. And his Queensland boys lost. So that's good. And a lot of our New South Wales players played well. And it's going to be very interesting to see what happens next year. It definitely seemed a lot more free-flowing than the normal Origin game, doesn't it? Yeah. The first half, I couldn't believe um, how many awesome attacking players there were. And then mm. the second half, it turned around into a massive grind. It was... Quite um, entertaining to watch, and some of the New South Wales guys on on debut really stood up. And a couple of those under fires well, silenced the doubters. I think Cook and Teddy had pretty good um, games. Stephen Crutton showed everybody why he should be an Origin player. Bradman Best and Colin Tungy had absolute stormers. So well done by the Blues all around. Yeah, you imagine how all of them, like Latrell will be back next year, likely, right? If he's not injured, but Colin Matungi probably keeps his spot, wouldn't he? I think so. He had a good enough game and he's the young up-and-comer while he, well, Tyson Brazil was moved on for him so it was, he could be there for a good many years. I'll be uh, I'll be interested to see what happens with centres because there's just adding more and more and more onto the pile. Poor old Campbell Graham might never get a shot. Oh yeah, that's very sad isn't it? He may have to get a crack on the wing or something if it, if it, ever, if it ever comes up but um Really, guys, out of the Origin game last night, very limited on the injury front. We saw Josh Adokar go off just a little bit early, which allowed Gutho to play three three minutes. Yay, Gutho. Imagine that was his debut. Just did, yeah, get on, get on there, mate. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm glad he did something, at least. Um, but uh, Adokar with a little hamstring strain. It sounds like very minor, but even the most minor ones, very, very unlikely to play this week coming up. Um, backing up. It would be silly to do that because he's very much at a high chance of injury. So really the only beneficiary of that one is going to be Blake Wilson. He's just a tad under 300k and we'll get into him a little bit shortly. He doesn't have dual position, um, obviously a very low break even, but you'd say he probably seems like a bit of a eh kind of pick, wouldn't he, at the moment? 
Yeah, I mean, if you're really looking for somebody, he's there. But if you want cash, cash, uh, you, you probably want those cheap as possible for somebody that's playing this week. So I can see why people are going back to it to Lau after he's finally had a good no. score and uh, two easy games coming up. Yeah, for sure. I just pictured you when you said cash, cash, just like flashing your cash for the for everyone there. That would have been great. I'm sure you're good enough with the um, technology for that. All right, let's head down to the, the forwards end. So from Damien Cook onwards, we have 55 minutes from him. So it doesn't really matter. Obviously, they have a buy. But that just allowed Reese Robson to play lower minutes at 33. And I personally still own him. And there's there's obviously a good chunk of people that still do. Does this bode well, do you think, for him playing the full 80 minutes for the Cowboys this week? Um, when does he play? Does he play early? He played, okay, Saturday, five Saturday. So, look, I think it's enough time to get him back to playing a full 80. Look, he's shown that he can back up and do really well. I think that lower minute game instead of an 80 minute bruising when there were injuries the other time, um, it's going to be easily enough for him to back up, similar to somebody like Fafita. Yeah, that was interesting. I didn't even realize that he played. I thought he was on there for a long time. He played really low minutes, which we'll get to in a sec. But uh, yeah, that that Robson one. I think the the big thing we need to look at, guys, is all of the teams that are currently in contention for the top eight or, or trying to push towards the top four. Uh, any of those teams there, if they've got yeah, they're really good players. You see the Cowboys actually, you know, top eight Nakin named all of his players in the starting side, and they have a really really tough matchup against Manly, who they're very much, I think they're ninth and 10th on the ladder. So it's a very important game. And that's something where I'm looking at Robson and going, okay, well, Harry Grant on the other side, he played some big minutes, I think 60 or just above there. Um, you know, is it worth trading Robson to Grant this week or could I get one more out of him and then and then do it then? So that you, I suppose with him playing the lower minutes in this game, you could do it without probably missing out too much. Because if he was going to play the 60-odd minutes, you'd just go, nah, just, just rip the Band-Aid and get rid of him now. Um, yeah, that's just something I was I was just thinking about last night, obviously with my team, and it's going to fit a lot of your teams as well. Isaiah Yo with the 54 minutes off the interchange bench. So he had yeah, the 26 off and then came straight on and played the rest. That's obviously a few less minutes than he has been playing, you know, close to the full 80 in the, in the first two Origins. And what are your thoughts on him as a target going forward? Yeah, this week obviously is is he fine for you to pick up? Would you say? And then, yeah, you know, do you think that the Panthers will actually rest their players? He has already missed one game. Yeah, I was really hot on you to start with, and now I've kind of gone a bit lukewarm. I think that he should back up, but I would order your trade so that the dude you're getting out to buy Zayo plays as late as possible. So you've got mail as to whether he is going to play in case he's late out. But yeah, I've, I've started looking at it this way. I've got Payne Haas, for example, and he's going to be out this week and then also misses a week and run home, yeah. whereas Yo misses neither. And I was very keen to straight swap them, but then I thought, you're trading him in, that's one trade, and then around 27, Panthers very, very regularly rest their uh, stars so that they're warm uh, and ready for the finals. So, in all honesty, he might not miss that much less than Haas. Uh, Haas is a high ceiling, and you're going to use two trades on him. So, I mean, if you're swimming with trades and you really need a mid this week, he could be a very, very good point of difference to bring home some head-to-heads. But especially for overall players, it's it's not as slam dunk as you'd think. Yeah, well, when, yeah, the video I did earlier in the week was just talking about 
all the guys that are averaging near that 60 mark. When you've got Horsbury, you've got Jack DeBell and these types of guys, it's obviously more... The reason we're thinking about it now is is mainly for this week because a lot of us need that mid, right? So, yeah, maybe don't rush into it. It's going to be a good trade-in. There's never a, a bad time to bring in a, a you know the second top average in a, in a position. But, um, yeah, that's probably all I'd say there. The only other one here, we've got Liam Martin. So a few people will be interested in Liam. He did play the 80 this week, so I doubt he gets big minutes again for Panthers uh, coming up here. So maybe he's a, you know, if you have an injury to a mid-range guy and you need a straight swap, in round 21, he could be a guy to look at as well, in my opinion. I know a lot of people are interested in him. Let's go to the Maroons there. And, yeah, Fafita's the interesting one, isn't it? Playing 33 minutes. I actually didn't notice him go off, go off early because he was, he was in so much in that first 20-odd minutes. Um, and then, obviously, wasn't from there. So, 33 minutes for him. That just guarantees that, that we can all get him in pretty safely, right? Yeah, similar to Yo, I would order your trade so that you can pull out if he does uh, as well. But, I mean, he's much more likely to back up and have a barnstormer. Yeah, for sure. Well, he played, what, 50-odd minutes, I believe, was it, in Game 2? Or did he play the 30-odd again? Um, I think Game 1, we thought he played 30, but the site messed up. And then we played 50. I can't remember what he played in Game 2. Yeah, game one was big. I think game one was 65, and then he was only off for the um, head knock, and then, yeah, it might have been 50 or something, but then he came out and played the full 80 um, in backing up. So I think he's, he's played less in this one. He should be fine to go, that's for sure. Um, you look at Pat Carrigan there. He's obviously a guy that people own as well. 55 minutes for him, probably about normal. He didn't have to go the full extension like Ruben Cotter did playing the 80 and, and winning the Wally Lewis medal. Um, but Paddy's on the extended bench. I think I do think there's a good chance that he does rest this weekend. But uh, yeah, I suppose we're what, just waiting for late mail if you do own him. Yeah, I, I think so. He's been named in the reserves, and given it's the Bulldogs and the Broncos are second on the ladder, um, it is tending towards a risky rest. So definitely keep an eye on it as long as you can. If he does rest, are you just holding him? Or is he the same, same deal as Payne Haas? I would say probably yes. Probably a more of a sell than Haas because he's just not quite at the top. Okay. You've got these... You've probably got... You've got at least three, maybe four guys who will average you close to 65 maybe. And he's going to be a guy that will be a strong keeper, but not an absolutely elite guy. So it's, it's probably worth shifting him to somebody like... Uh, a David Fafita, who is the clear, far and away best edge. Yep, definitely. Uh, Tino looks like he'll back up playing 46 minutes. He seemed fine. As I said, very, very limited on anyone carrying any sort of injury or any head knock or anything like that, which is good. Harry Grant, the 62 minutes. So this is a slight worry, isn't it? Yeah, I think there's a very good chance he only plays about, what, 60 minutes this week, maybe even slightly less. Mm. Um he doesn't need to play monster minutes in no. order for Melbourne to do well. If he has a, a, a short burst of his best and then goes off when the Storm are up. Because, look, the Roosters have been a good team in the past, but this year they haven't put it together. If the Storm are well up uh, 53 minutes into the game, he could come off and give Wishart a go. Yeah, I suppose in that in that sense, he could come on and get some good, attack, good attacking stats in that time. Um, he looked to run. Last night, he didn't score super well fantasy-wise, but uh, yeah, he looked to get involved in everything. And that's what we want to see from him going forward, right? As soon as he gets 
you know, 50 plus run meters. He seems to just get offloads, get tackle breaks, score tries, um, and score really well. But we know he's a clear best option, which we'll, we'll just show his stats in a second. And then Mo Fodawake is probably the, the finisher um, as well. Obviously, Horsburgh, the 21 minutes, he looks, you know, he looked good out there. And no injuries for him. He gets the rest this week, so he'll be fine and ready to go for round 21. But Mo Fodawake, for anyone looking for a mid this week, do you, with the 25 minutes he played, he should be fine to back up. Um, what are your thoughts on him? It, you know, he's obviously just over 700K, scoring a little bit better than what he's priced at uh, at this point as an average. Is he worth yeah, it or is it? He's yeah. kind of gone back to being a little bit interesting because we had the mid-season, well, most of the early season, mid-season, where Jolophy was out with the Hector and he absolutely carved up. He was averaging like 65 minutes or something mm. ridiculous and re- really good scores of like 50s, high 40s and 60s. And now Jolophy's hurt his hand and is out again for another month or so. Yeah. So in all honesty, Fodawaker could be a really fantastic option uh, for the next couple of weeks. Maybe maybe he's not tip-top elites come the head-to-head grand finals or the absolute run home, but it is a positive in his favour. Yeah, for a guy that's going to average in the you know, low to mid-50s there, uh, at least he's going to be in your 17. So... Yeah, there's, there's definitely no worry about that. And I think for him, with no buys left, you just hold him for the rest of the year. And I think he, he'd definitely do a great job for your side. If you if you are strapped for a little bit of cash, your team value's not crazy high, um, and you want to use some some cash elsewhere to to go to a bigger gun, then then he's going to be a good player. There's obviously another guy in Maxi King that we'll, we'll speak about in a sec. But uh, yeah, that was a fun game to go through. Uh, let's speak about Harry there, because he's obviously the clear best hooker and um, I went through the hooking position. It's pretty dire at the moment, especially with uh, yeah, Robson and Cook not living up to the heights either. But let's see a couple of the games where, where he's had that just drop in minutes there. He's got a 50 in 74, a 55 in 72, and a 39 uh, in 72 there. And a, yeah, five minutes off he got for 47. So it's clearly not his ideal if he gets a, that little bit of an early rest. When he plays at full 80s, he has a, a you know, 77, 76, 70, these types of scores here. If you're, he's obviously going to be the one to get, right? Is it, is it fine to leave him out this week? Or do you just get him in? If he gets a 45, so be it. I can definitely see the case for waiting. If you've got somebody, oh, it might be a bit specific, but if you've got somebody that you're waiting to see how they go or somebody that you want to loop before selling, uh, I think that's a good case to do that and then get Grant next week. You absolutely will want Grant, but yeah, I mean, if you're thinking of going Robson to Grant, I don't know whether that makes sense points-wise this week. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at the moment. Whereas you look at like, okay, he's 750k. If you're trying to get Fafita as well, who's more likely to absolutely dominate this week? And it's probably Fafita, right? So yeah, that's probably more the the main priority. But yeah, Harry, obviously one we all want on our side and that number of 50 Fifty percent, the top thousand, whatever it was in the top five thousand, um, that's going to be really high. It should be closer to a hundred, that's for sure. Come end of the season, let's talk about Nelson while we're here. Five ninety six, so he's obviously gone up just that, just a tick there. Um, after getting up to six seventy, back down to the low five hundreds, and uh, he's back up to five ninety six now. On that edge there, scoring really well, right? There's no doubting that. But with Eli Katoa likely to come back in the next few weeks. Do we think that it's it's more of like a couple week rental, and then you might have to move him on because he could go back to the middle and be a forty to fifty kind of guy? It's a delicate situation. I think there's only a very few set of circumstances I would actually buy him, and more of a guy that I would just be really happy that I'm owning and holding. 
chance because there's a good chance you could get up to what 650 700k and you can sideways swap into say a latrell mitchell in like round 23 or or something along those lines but yeah he's not gonna be there forever elias is i think supposed to come back in about two three weeks so he could get you a couple more 60s but then he's not somebody you'll want to be playing in your gun 17 probably when he moves back to the middle rotation so he is a short rental if at all and probably only if you have a fetch few trades up your sleeve yes and just get keep getting extended the um the news on Eli Katoa and, and he has scored tries the last two games and played in the seventies minutes. So, you know, does the, does the try scoring keep up? Does those minutes keep up or does he go back to sort of that 63 minute game or um, 58 minute game that he played uh, a couple of weeks ago off the interchange and then in the named in the proposition. But we know that that, that usually means he gets moved around there for sure. Um, mate, just a, a little bit of advice to people on sort of some team, some trade strategy this week or, you know, a strategy that you would employ for the last eight weeks? Any sort of tips there? I would look to... I'd look at how many trades I have and then see how efficiently you can use them. So I wouldn't be trying to trade in too many guys like Nelson because that's going to cost you an extra trade to get them out later. So guys that you can hold for the whole season are going to be very valuable. And the tip-top elite guys, especially if they're slightly discounted, like perhaps Fita or Grant, maybe not Grant this week, but those sort of guys can be extremely valuable for your team. And then you sort of just set, and I think wait until an injury happens, and then you can straight swap to somebody else who you were really hoping to get, like maybe a Cleary in a couple of weeks using uh, somebody else to cash down even more. But... That's the sort of strategy I'd be employing. I'd be looking to go really hard this week if you have saved any trades at all and then just sit and wait for the injuries and straight swap them. Yep, I like that. Yeah, because that's the thing. You're not going to be able to get them all, right? But then in injury will come, a suspension will come, and you can you can straight swap, and you, you get to own them for a few weeks or whatever that that can be there for sure. So, yeah, you'd, you'd really be pushing for, for points in this one, so getting in those top guns and, and trying to get a, a really strong... 17 as quickly as you can the next two weeks yeah as i was saying before we started recording i think this is the easiest buy round in fantasy but the hardest week of fantasy in fantasy because this is probably the last week you can make really bulk ranks when some people are struggling if you can trade really hard and then it's just going to be the grind for the run home and most of the teams are going to be set by then and not going to change until injuries happen or buys happen so i think that if you can afford to, it's good to go good to go big this week to claw back at that. But just make sure you're not going down from eight trades to four trades and saying, oh, no, I've also got plans to get this guy out and this guy out yeah. because you're going to end up in a hole about round 24. Yeah, that's right. Um, and hopefully you did put a bit of bank um, you know, together last week after getting a Tyrone Munro or or something like that um, you know, to allow you to get to the guns because that would be the still still be the strategy, guys. It's just to go for those top guns and then you know, maybe one cheapie can can come in there. There's not many this week. Uh, maybe you have to wait until next week if, if Munro's still available or something like that to be able to go down. Or you do have to go to Blake Wilson or something like that this week. But um, yeah, that's still the strategy, guys. Just get obviously the guns in because you don't have that many trades left. You, you probably want to only use four or five to get. You know, as many good players as possible and then you want to use those last three or four just to do those straight swaps that we were talking about. So Cam Munster's one of those guys that we want to discuss here at 718. We've got him and Daly Cherry Evans as the 
the uh, you know, the, the boxing match this week as who's going to be the best scorer. What we look at with Munster is probably a little bit more inconsistency. Would you agree with that compared to Daly? Yeah, I think he's going to be the guy that will win you a head-to-head matchup or score you 100. He's already scored 100 earlier this year. But yeah, he does have like a 30 or a 29 in him as we saw against the Dolphins. So he won't get you that solid score all the time, whereas Daly Cherry Evans with his hands on the ball and massive kick meters probably will. But Munster will get you a 90 more often than Cherry Evans will. Mm. He also hasn't played as many games this year either. So he's got the same amount of um, 30s and 40s. Um, it just doesn't has, have as many big games. He's got the, the 78. in. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Round 15, he's got the 100 um, in round 6. So you, you could look at that and go, okay, well, DC actually has more of an upside because he has yeah, multiple games now with 70-plus, a couple of 90s in there. Um, and then he has his consistency as well. But what we know with Munster is he can explode, right? So he's definitely probably, I'd say, the slightly riskier play, but probably has that little bit more, just a little bit more boom if he can turn the form around because he's averaged better than this, and so has DCA. They've both been in the 60s the last few years. So this is a little bit of a drop for Cam. Probably want to do a matchup based, right? I'd look at their draw, and, and he's got Roosters and Knights the next two weeks, and... Yeah, it could really pay dividends if you go for him just on that on those two matchups, right? Yeah, Munster is definitely someone that can boom for you with those two slightly softer matches. Um, one th- other thing that's interesting to note between the both of them is that Munster and the Storm always rev up for the run home. And I think the last two years he's averaged like a ridiculous numbers, like high 60s. Mm. I think that included the fullback games from last year, which sort of skewed it a little bit but I mean they always come home very strong usually the Roosters do too but not this year but also Daily Cherry Evans averages about five points more when he doesn't play with Turbo because he's so much more involved has to do everything gets his hands on the ball so in all honesty there's not really a lot splitting these two and at low 700s discounted for what we know they can produce both of them are uh, fantastic options. I personally might be going absolutely huge and getting both of them. Oh my, here we go. All right, scoops on the charge after last week, eh? Love that, love that. Actually, we didn't get, didn't get up your team, but um, wasn't your best week last week right after a bit of a charge the two weeks before? Yeah, I was pretty disappointed, actually. The pods that have been doing pretty well for me up until then, absolutely just... They just flopped. I think I got 668 with 13 and got beaten 
uh, by someone who had 11 and they got 730. So, yeah, it happens, eh? Yeah, not the most amazing week, but the fact that I had planned and saved cash for this round means I could be making four trades, still have seven left, and bringing in three big guns. So okay. I, I really like that strategy, and I'll just sit on that for a little while. So you, you need a mid, don't you? Oh, no, you got Madison. Okay. Sweet, you don't have yeah, to worry about that, which I is cool. Madison, yeah. So I can just slot in there. Yeah, that's the killer in, in my side this week is that I want to do certain things, it's like, oh, but I have to bring in a mid. So, yeah, a little bit painful on that front. The pain Harsing's annoying for you, but, yeah, you didn't lose that many ranks, right, which is cool. So, you know, down to 173, which is uh, nothing to sneeze at, that's for sure. The private group, we've got a few guys coming ahead of us at the moment. We've got Will, who's moved into into second after a couple of really good weeks. I, I, I did our our, um, our private call together a few weeks ago and he's just absolutely cannon past me, so I gave him too much, too much good advice. Um, and then we've got Sam, who's coming to fourth as well. So he's splitting us at third and fifth, so not too far apart. It's, um, it's fun up there in the, in the top. So, okay, so you, how, many, sorry, how many trades did you end up saving? Did you end up saving one or...? Uh, I had three, so I had okay. 11 before this week. Okay, cool. Currently, my plans are to make four. Yeah. Go Buller, Simpkin, Johnston, and Preston. Mm -hmm. Out to DC, Harrison, Grant, Munster, and David Fafita. Wow. Okay. I like that. I like that. That should get you some good ranks this week, that's for sure. Uh, let's move on to Maxi King, 520K. So he's our mid range, the only mid range guy I think I would target. This week, and, and the reason is, guys, is he has been he was carrying an injury for a good portion of this middle part of the season. If you're looking at his scores up top, he had a low of 50, uh, 45, sorry, in his first six games, um, sorry, first seven games there, and then picked up a forty, a couple of forty ones there, and that's when he had his injury in in that round eight game where he picked up that forty one. He missed round nine, and then from there he's been playing the majority of you know pretty much every game. But so there's been some low minutes and stuff in there. And he has gone back there to a 65-minute game and a 63. So that's where we're looking at him as being a, a good option this week. As someone who could plug that midsection, but could get you know potentially closer back to those good scores. He had a couple of 60s in there off, offset with some mid-40s. And, and if he does get a mid-40 score, he's still going to make some money. And, and he'll do a job right now in our top 17. Yeah, he's a strange one. I'm not super enthusiastic on him no. just because he doesn't feel like a final 17 player and that's a lot of money. But, I mean, we do have uh, a mid issue this week. So, given that he'll probably be a reasonably solid 18th man and you're using him this week for that sort of 45 points, he's a pretty decent option. Nelson is a bit more expensive mm. and shorter term. Max King's that safety, that safety net. Yeah, he does have that buy in round twenty three, but by that point we um we're likely not going to be needing him at that stage. Like we'll have we'll have Hopgood there, we've got Tohu, we've got the Tarpanese, the Horsburghs, the Jack DeBellins, the Payne Hass. There's so many of those guys. So that, that week will be fine. Um and yeah, you can you can use him as a looper near the end, I suppose, as like a you know, your seventeenth man or something like that. So it's definitely it's definitely an okay option, as you said. Not not nothing to get too excited about, but definitely someone there to yeah, just to mention anyway. He's definitely a good chance of getting to my side, just with how it's going to fit to get for feeder and stuff like that in. Uh, speaking with Dan Gagai, someone that you were very interested in, uh, just looks just speak just looking at the casualty ward for Enerol Physio, and he's saying that there could be a little bit of an issue with pushing off and acceleration with gags. He's the clear best sensor though, so you know, can you look past that? Yeah, it's a tough one because. 
probably the two centres you'd want to get in if you were unhappy with ones you'd have would be Dan Gagai and Valentine Holmes. And Holmes has a late bye, and Gagai has a foot injury that might keep him low for a couple of weeks. Mm. He does have the Tigers this week. Otherwise, I probably would just say pass on him until he's fully fit. But yeah, I mean, both of those could be very, very good options for uh, head-to-head in particular to win your matchup over somebody like a Lamuelu who's who came slightly good last week, but I mean, he's still not setting the world on fire. Yeah, with, uh, my thing with Gags is it seemed like it sounds like he'd had it for a few weeks before, but even if he did do it in that last game, he still had eight tackle breaks and an offload. Yes, he had some errors in there, but he still ran for the same amount of metres, and it's a bit of a risk, obviously, but you're looking at the next bunch of games of Tigers, Melbourne, Canberra, Dolphins, Dogs. So that five, that's a pretty good five-round stretch, and, and he could definitely, as you said, win you some win you some head-to-head matchups or, or could get you into a, you know, he could be one, he could definitely be the best centre uh, over, the, over the home stretch, that's for sure. Let's just have a little chat about Isaac Tungor as well. At 609k, is a low break even, and I actually think he's come back better, well, he looks better anyway, um, since he's returned from injury. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I really love the look of him. The only issue I have against him really is that he sort of took on a bigger scoring role as soon as Cleary went down. So I'm wondering if that's because they're a little bit more left-side dominant with Luai taking more control. But, I mean, it's hard to wait given his break-evens, like just about single digits. So if you think that adding Cleary back in just adds to well, the overall attack, and even if it doesn't mean as much ball down inside, it's more quality ball. He's definitely a strong option. He's a very, very good centre, and he's somebody you do want to own in super coach, and in fantasy, probably a good shout as well. Yeah, you obviously look at the, the tries in there, and the, you know, can that keep up? But yeah, potentially could. He's got five in the last four. Um, yeah, if he's that guy, and he's that player, he's got Dolphins, and, uh, and dogs the next few weeks. So you, you, now, now, right this second, would be the time to get him, that's for sure. Uh, let's go to Harrison Graham then at 269. He's played two games. He seems to have a solid PPM of 0.7. If he's able to pl- get some decent minutes, he's probably the cash down of the week, isn't he? Even though he's in a, a hooking position that we probably don't need. Yeah, he's a, he's a bit of an unusual one. He's definitely a risk. Uh, my thoughts as somebody who is planning on bringing him in is that just that we don't know how much Marshall King is actually going to play. So we originally thought when he injured his shoulder for the second time, oh, he's out for the year. And then all of a sudden he was back and now he's gone again. So he could be managed week to week and Harrison Grant might not be there all the time, but he could play two or three or four games yeah. uh, in the run home and not be the greatest backup. I mean, although you take it in the weeks that he does play, mm. but he will just sit there as a possible red dot and a possible scorer. So, I mean, at 269k, to use that cash to get some guns elsewhere, I don't mind it. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's potential for some games. Uh, it may also be one, and then because they have the buy next week, Jeremy Marshall King could come back okay. But there's also a chat that it sounds like his, sh- his shoulder is gone and he will, he will need surgery. So it's like, well, when do you just go and get the surgery? Like, do you do it now or do you, do you actually wait? Like, is there... I'd say at this point, they're probably unlikely to make the eight. Um, so, yeah, it's an interesting decision on that one. Yeah, well, he's he's sort of sat there, and the Josh Adokar injury does help him. 
So there's a good chance he'll play as many games as Harrison Graham, for example, but in the back end of the year, there's every chance he'll just sit there as a high 300s or like low 400s red dot. That's not the worst, but yeah. I mean, it's not particularly exciting. And given the fact that he's 297k instead of like a little bit cheaper, like Harrison Graham, or really, really cheap, you could use like that 30, 40, 50, 60k uh, extra in a different cash down to get a proper gun instead of like an almost gun, for example. That's fair. Yeah, that extra extra 70k or whatever it is. Um, yeah, could be very important. Let's just have a quick chat about Tedesco and yeah, watching him last night, he looked back to, to some of his best footy, which was good. And obviously, uh, finally being in a team that played well, he was obviously a good part of that. Um, it bodes well, I think, for the rest of the year. They have like an, an okay run, you know, tough game, easier game, you know, higher point scoring game. I think he's going to be one of those top three guys that we want at the end of the season. Do you agree with that? I do own him, obviously, and a little bit biased with that, but I know a lot of people are completely off him. What are your thoughts? Uh, before last night, I probably had him down about sixth. Wow. But I would be interesting. I think I would push him up a couple of places now. I think there are guys who will score better than him, and he's not going to be an absolute clear top option. But after showing what he showed in the last little while, and especially last night, I think there is reason to say he is a good bring-in um, as a top three wing fullback for the run home. Mm. And people say, like, yes, he was scoring. He was scoring a bunch of tries, and that's why he was scoring well. But when you're one of the best players in the game, you're gonna you're gonna set up tries. You're gonna score tries, right? So, especially as a as a fullback, you're, you're the guy that's gonna get involved. So, the big issue really is just the team because if the team's flying, he's gonna be involved in in tries each and every week. But yeah, I just think it's seven six hundred fifty k. He should be he should be able to get you close to a fifty. And you know, name name a few guys that can that can hit a fifty average at wing fullback. It's probably Garrick. It's probably Latrell, but he's not there. I don't know. To drink water? That's the three, right? Yeah, the only one might be Mars Hugh, but I mean, uh, yeah. he Great. tries, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I suppose he's done it long enough this year. I can't really push back on him either, but um, yeah, he's in a team that's going to be a bit hit and miss as well, and if you know, is he going to actually jump on the bus again this week? <laughs> uh, we spoke about... Hopefully he turns up versus the Tigers. Yeah, well, that's the thing. They've got that nice uh, nice matchup there. We basically spoke about Isaiah Yo. The consistency is going to be there. It's a fairly high break even as well this week after his 40. So up to you on that one. We've got Val Tafade. So he ends up being dropped. Yeah, obviously, defensive issues is where he still lacks at the moment. His ability to score points in, in fantasy is great. And he's made us all... I uh, had him a couple of weeks now, and he's got a couple of decent scores for us. But... Uh, it sounds like if Hammer doesn't back up, he'll play in that centre position, but longer term, probably not going to be there. So if you, you know, that 423k, I think you can use it as a trade option if you'd like. Um, do you have him in the same boat? Yeah, I tend towards holding uh, if you can get another game out of him this week. But yeah, if, if Hammer does back up, there is a much stronger trade uh, influence to get him out. So... Mm. He's done a pretty good job. He's been very, very stock start, but finally managed to um, show what all the people who jumped on early were hoping for. And I mean, you you probably take what 193k in ten rounds. Yeah, for those who grabbed him straight away. Yeah, no, that's very cool. Yeah, I know a bunch got him in 17, and that had him at 312. So you made 111k, got three good scores. I got him 339. So. 
yeah, two quick, two quick cross rises was cool, and obviously, yeah, some important scoring. So, yeah, I think either way, as you said, it's going to be good. Let's so uh, Reese Robson, we kind of spoke about there. Uh, the last bunch of weeks hasn't been super exciting, right? He had the 71 and 55. And you're like, oh, maybe he's back. But he was pretty poor before that. And then he's gone 38, 36. One with 80 minutes, one in 67. It's obviously coincided with the Cowboys starting to play pretty well also. And he hasn't had to do much. Um, yeah, with Drinkwater kind of running the show there and did. And um, do you think that that's a worry this year? That they're, they're playing, he's playing a little bit more of the, like the bunny style and just getting good ball out to some of these guys. He's still making his runs, but... It's not all going through him. Yeah, I think that is somewhat of a worry. The fact that Drinkwater has uh, 16 try assists in the last seven weeks and Reese Robson only has one probably tells you what you need to know about the style of attack. So, look, I would probably hold this week for the score over Harry Grant, but then I would make the switch after that. Yep. Yeah, I think that's fair. I'll um, I'll see what happens with backups for for that decision myself. Uh, Dave Fafita, we've got him in there as a obviously someone to talk about. But eight fifty two k, the scores that he pops up are just ridiculous. They're all sixties and seventies and and a couple of eighties there in the last uh, his last four games as well. So yeah, just ridiculous. He's he's the best scorer in his position. Get him in your side if you can. Um, Number one priority, that's for sure, especially playing low minutes. Uh, Jake Avrillo is another one of those lower guys that people have been asking me about, a 360K, the dual position, break-evens, middling. Uh, yeah, he's not, not anything low there. But scores for him, he obviously has a couple of big ones in the centres. But back at fullback last week is what we want to look at. And and that was obviously against a, a bunny side that were very you know low on, on really, really strong players. Uh, obviously, with all the origin guys out, the next two weeks are Broncos and Penrith. I can see Avrillo going pretty low. What do you think? I don't like buying outside backs from non-top eight teams at this time of year, let alone guys that aren't really cheap. Yeah. We've seen Avrilo a little bit uh, at fullback in the past, and he really needs a try to get him over sort of a 30-35. And well, what did he have on the weekend? He had a 38-point effort. Two try assists. 200 <laughs> metres and two try assists. He's not the style of offloading, attacking tackle-breaking player that will get you those really massive scores. He has to rely on other stuff. So I don't particularly like him as an option. No. I would probably look elsewhere. Yeah, if you got him last week, it's fine, but not this week. Uh, probably just Madison to finish. If you're sitting there with not a lot of Eels players, then he's definitely someone that is a good option, right? A 663, it's the lowest we've got him for a long time. Um, yeah, he only has to hit a 50 average and he makes 50K but he should be a more than 50 kind of average guy, right? And, and has the dual position mid and edge. Yeah, I think Madison should be good. I don't know if he'll be really good mm. now that the Eels have their full pack back. And, well, they've named two guys who can play on the edge on the bench. And that makes me think he's just going to be that middle role rather than sort of splitting middle and edge, a bit like Bateman, which would probably be the most ideal for his scores. So... He'd need to go back to that really good PPM, but I mean, we know he can do that. We saw him tear up at Magic Round and got something like 250 metres in 50 minutes <laughs> or something ridiculous yeah. like that. So he definitely can do a job, and at his price with his jewel, if you only have maybe one or two eels like uh, a Penasini and not much else, or a Hopgood and not much else, probably can jump on. Yeah, well, you look at his interchange games last year, and they were 50, 55 minutes, and he was going 61. 
he goes 65 with the try. Yes, there'd be a 43 in there, but there's a 71 and 55 in it. So he's got the up and down between 70 and 45 there pretty comfortably. So, yeah, you're not really going to complain um, with a guy that has 70 upside every third week or something like that um, in that one. So, yeah, I think that's it, mate. We've got uh, eight rounds to go. It's very, very exciting this time of year, obviously, with yeah, everyone getting back involved. I'm seeing the views go back up this week now that people have trades again. So, uh, it's going to be a very exciting round. And, and what what's the tip? Do we reckon there's going to be 1100s or will that will we save that for, for next week? Oh, I reckon, look, there'll be 1100s, but I don't know if we ask. Yeah, yeah, okay. But I think that when we've got the full squads backing up next week, we will start to see those really big scores that we become accustomed to in the run home. Yeah, we're missing JDB and Hordsborough and these kind of guys right along with people backing up. So, yeah, as you said, this is a big week to, to kind of catch up on, on on teams. And then I'd say that last three rounds as well, if you have a few trades extra in the bank, you'll be able to dominate those last three rounds as well. So good luck this week, guys. And uh, thanks for watching. That was a really fun video.